Welcome to the Spirit for Success podcast with your hosts, Rach Wilson and Therese Tucker. Are you a creator or are you at the whim of creation? Mm. Um, so what does it mean to be the creator? Now, this has been an interesting conversation because I brought it up in a few of my personal Facebook lives. And uh, we've been kind of chatting about this, this idea that you're creating. Are you only creating certain experiences? Or are you creating the whole enchilada? And Rach and I both feel <laughs> you create the whole enchilada. All the crap you wish you weren't creating, it's all yours too. Exactly. And, and here's the reason why. To, to create, to claim, <laughs> to claim creative authority, to, to, to claim the sovereignty of it, you have to claim all the power, all the mm. responsibility. If even a part of you is like, but I create this good stuff, but I don't create that. I'm a victim to that. That is a power leak right there. Mm. And you can feel that there's an incomplete or an un, there's almost like a, for lack of a better word, a dishonesty in it <laughs> that, that um, because I don't like this, I'm not claiming it. But as soon as we do that, we leak power. We're leaking our power out. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and really the universe the, the force that we're creating with wants to know your stance. And most of the time we all, we have a tendency to stand in gray areas. Now I, it is true that, that life is shades of gray. There's a lot of gray to work with, but in order to be a powerful creator, you've got to pick a camp. You've got to pick a camp. <laughs> exactly. You can't, it's like, I, I always come back to this one image of a person standing with one foot in sea and one on shore. Mm -hmm. That actually comes from a song, a Shakespearean song, which I love, but you get, it's like, get in the boat. It's the shit or get off the pot. Scenario. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question I have for those who are watching is um, how many, and oh gosh, we've got lots of comments. So let me read these too while, while we're talking about it. But for those in here too, um, you can chime in with some chat. We've got quite a few people on with us right now. So how does that feel? Um, and if it's triggering, that's okay. It's the start of awareness if it's triggering. So let's look at the comments here. Yes, Shanti says, yes, I am a creator. Um, look at both of you with your cute hair, says Vanessa. Oh, thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. So to be a powerful creator, to be able to manifest everything that you want to create comes with a great deal of, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. <gasps> and that's, yeah that's exactly right and that's the part that people go no no because I don't want to be the one that's responsible for all this shit that happens in my life or to look at you know other people in their circumstances you know why did how could you say that a, and this is the typical one that comes up how could you say that a child who's got cancer or some other life terminal Ill, like life-threatening terminal illness how can they be creating their circumstances and I want to go into this more but before we do um, I want to clear up what, when we talk about being the creator, what forces are a part of that? Because I think the misnomer is that 
when you're consciously focused on stuff, that that's the only part of you that is in creator mode. So we're consciously focused on our dreams. We're constantly focused on the things we want to create and all of that sort of stuff. So there's this, and this is where people come unstuck. It's like, well, I'm focused and I'm, I'm always in a positive mindset about creating my dreams and all these great things to happen to me. But why is this shit happening? Well, there's three parts that are part of you being the creator. One is your conscious mind, which is the part you know about. Two, your subconscious, the bigger part of you that you don't know necessarily what's in there apart from what is being reflected in reality. And then three, your super consciousness. That is the part of you that is your soul, that bigger level. So all three parts are a part of you being the creator. And while the conscious part, which is more the human part, won't always agree and feel good about what's been created. The super conscious part, the soul part, knows what experiences you need to have in your life to become, like put pressure on you to become the diamond that you actually want to be. So with that, I'm going to hand it back to Therese to talk about this whole concept of, you know, but all these other people that, you know, children, how could they ever manifest wanting to be sick and dying and, and many other circumstances like that? Um, I, I remember hearing this information. I believe I was reading uh, the soul contracts um, book by Carolyn Mice mm. and she made a great point. And I, I believe it was, mm, nope. It's either Plato or Aristotle. It's one of the big Greek philosophers had talked about this, about how the soul craves, uh, different experiences mm. as a way of leveling up as a way of like gathering all the information and leveling up. It has a plan. The soul has a plan that's bigger than this one lifetime. Mm. It goes on and on and on. And it talked about the fates. <clears throat> it talked about what happens when we pass over to the other side from this um, ancient Greek perspective. They said that the soul examines its life that it just had. And then it looks at all the possible lives all the possible lives that it could have next. And based on the information it gathered in the last life and its plan of where it wants to go, it makes a choice from all the possible life paths. Now, an example would be that maybe the soul that just passed was a very wealthy man, right? Mm -hmm. He had all the wealth, but he had zero love. Kind of miserly, like he mm -hmm. just kind of missed it. And, and so, that soul received the path of wealth. It learned lessons from that that gave it some perspective. And now it's created, it, it is desiring more connection this time. It wants more connection. And, and perhaps after experiencing the path of wealth, it's like, you know, that that's actually not fulfilling to me anymore, or I'm not interested in it, or I want to know the difference. I want to feel the difference. What does it feel like? And it'll choose a path next that may be where it has great relationships and is very modest, uh, like a very modest income or modest living. Um, and it'll, it'll choose based on that. So, you know, there's, it's really interesting how from that higher soul perspective, it doesn't see things the way we see them. Mm. It doesn't see disease the way we see disease. It doesn't see um, accumulation the same way, doesn't see relationships the same way. It's basing it off of what will fill me out. Like if, if a soul had like, you know what's coming to mind actually, I don't know if you know that game, uh, Trivial Pursuit, where you get oh, the yeah. little wheel <laughs> and you get the little pie <laughs> pieces, right? 
It's like it wants to get all of its pie pieces and it's making choices on a soul level before it gets here that will give it that. Mm. So I'm going to hand it back to Rach because that's what you were talking about, that super consciousness. Yeah, and there's more to it. Like that, that's, that's part of it. There's another one. Um, and it, whatever we talk about here, it doesn't matter whether you think it's true, right or real. It ultimately doesn't matter. What matters is the beliefs that you choose, does it empower you? So these are things that I'm right. sharing that empower me or make me feel better about the things that happen in my life. So the other aspect of, you know, people who are close to you or children who get, you know, illnesses or people like I'll, I'll share an example that's specifically in my life that course in that moment, I'm like, well, why would I choose this? So my ex-husband, as a, lot, as a lot of you know, he committed suicide a few years ago and we're coming up to the anniversary. And my daughter obviously was affected massively. We were all affected massively. Now, I would not have chosen that as part of my experience because it was painful. It's hard and still is some days. But when I look at what that individual event did to me in my life, my life completely shifted. Family all of a sudden became a highest, one of my highest values where it wasn't before. I completely changed the business that I was doing. I completely moved into um, my spiritual side. I moved into developing my intuition and all of these things are a very big part of my path moving forward. Had that not happened, I wouldn't have made the decisions that I made. I wouldn't have gotten the perspective that I got. So while these life-changing events are massive and they are painful and they are not something anyone would wish upon themselves. I do believe that these things and even the people like children who die early, they are here to provide the events that then shape where the next yes. level of people go. I mean, how many times do you see when a child is, is dying of a certain disease or is hit by uh, a freak accident that it then shifts and makes, um, inspires different action from the parents then go on to create a foundation or impact other people in positive ways. So while it is a tragedy and we don't like tragedies, they are, and I feel they do have a bigger purpose in the grand scheme of things. And the universe has the divine plan and knows that, okay, if I do this and this here and here, that will then trigger these to happen, which triggers those. It's all very divinely interconnected on such a level that us as a human can't see it. Sometimes we never see it. But it's there. Right. The universe creates cycles of action. So, so here's the interesting thing is that energy doesn't move along in a straight line. Like mm. we think of time as being linear. It's not. We think of um, events being linear. Like if I do this, I'm going to I'm guaranteed <laughs> to get this straight linear line of action. And in truth, it's cyclical. Everything is cyclical. Um, to take it to a esoteric kind of woo-woo level, we had a <laughs> golden on. age. We had a golden age about 76,000 years ago or so. Um, you know, Egypt was considered, the ancient Egyptian culture was considered the last of the golden age. It started to decline from then. So why would we hit a peak in a civilization and experience a decline because it's cyclical. It there there's a peak and then it goes around and it comes back up again, which is we're lucky we're like moving back into evolution. a golden age. Exactly. It's an evolutionary cycle. The soul does this on an individual journey. We do this constantly. So creation itself is dependent upon destruction. Very much so. Just take that in for a moment. Mm. Creation is dependent upon destruction. 
when we go too far apart from compassion, when we start, we've got compassion, we're all feeling good, and then we start moving away from it, what brings compassion back? Compa like a, a mass tragedy sometimes brings compassion back. Suddenly we're like, oh my God, yes, people are important, <laughs> right? Mm. We got so comfortable with each other that it took a big event to remind us of that. And it, it's a cyclical action and it's, it's natural. And I think that that's something that takes a minute to get used to mm. because the mind moves in a very linear way and it has linear beliefs. But this is coming from the mind intelligence, which is a logic-based mm -hmm. analytical system. It's a tool. It's not the full intelligence. Full intelligence gets it. In mm. fact, I remember it was over a year ago, right? Maybe almost two years ago, Rachel and I were doing a session with the team, and it was just after the bombings in Paris. Mm. And we had asked them, why? Why is this happening? And how, how do we stop it? And they said that they from their perspective, would not stop it because from destruction comes creation, which is kind of hard <laughs> on a human level to take, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's not coming from a, a lack of compassion or love for us individually. It's coming from this place of seeing the bigger picture and how on mass to move us forward, to help us to progress as a species, these things happen. And it's the same on the individual level, which brings us back to talking about why you need to choose if something's creating for you or if you're creating it. <laughs> so let's, let's check in with people, see how they're doing with all this information. Cause it, this one's a little bit headier. Last time we were silly and we were talking about things that I don't need to mention again. You can watch it if you want. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and this one's a little bit heavy, but it's powerful. And that's what we want to give you. We, we want to give you guys the empowerment to know that you can switch it. You can switch teams. And I believe you could switch either way. Really, you could go from screw mm. this. I don't want to create anymore. Something else make it for me. And that's right? the thing. There was the other, other thing that came up as you were talking. And, and Abraham Hicks talks about this a lot. Is that our the events around us create contrast? But when the contrast comes up, we are still in a moment of choice. And I I actually put a post up the other night about it. We're always in choice in every moment. Whatever we're faced with, we are in a space of choice to choose to focus on what is going to disempower us or we can focus on what will empower us. So, you know, the bombings and, and you know, 9-11 and all these big events, they do two things. One, they, people will choose to go into the doom and gloom and to fight and, and then it, it exacerbates or creates energy around the fight and the war and, and all of that, the pushback. And then the other side of that is it triggers compassion. It triggers understanding. It triggers the community to support one another that maybe they haven't done in such a way before. So everything creates this split contrast and more contrast and more contrast until we get it as a society that what we focus on is what we create more of. And we are always going to see these big levels of contrast in the events that happen around the world and even right down to our own personal lives. So from a metaphysical point of view, we're considered to be living in third density, which is the dent it's called the density of choice, which is why you're always going to come up against what do you want, make 
a choice mm. about it. So, and the beauty is when you're a creator, when you acknowledge, you go, nope, I'm taking the reins. I'm, yep, I created some shit. Yep, I created some great stuff. But then you really get to choose and your choices have power behind them. Then it's, then it's, I am not choosing to participate in that because it's not making, it's not in alignment with my sole purpose. And how do you feel sole purpose as a creator? It's really simple. The choices you make feel, you have a feeling about them immediately. They either feel great or they don't. They feel open or contracted. Exactly. So then as, as a conscious creator, and that's the key word there is conscious mm. because we are creators. Um, even if we're not time. choosing it. Yeah. If we're, if we're not making a choice of something create for me or me create it, we're creating by default. Mm-hmm. And that's why we get a lot of the little shit. You know, some of the bigger issues that, you know, people are, are dealt with, that's that soul choice. But then there's the little everyday crap or awesomeness <laughs> that we are creating. Mm. Um, I just lost my train of thought there. So bring me no. back. Yep. So one of the things that you were heading towards was this, um, you know, people who are not conscious creators are unconscious creators. They are at the whim of what's going on around them and whether they like it or not, they are creating everything that happens to them and for them. Um, but what we want everybody to get to is to a space of being conscious creators, because then you can have the, um, I was going to say the control. It's not the control. And it's a, that's a whole other topic. But you can influence what experiences you have. Remembering, and this is for me always brings me peace. Um, remembering that you are creating on a super conscious level as well. And if something yes. comes up in your environment, in your experiences that isn't what you had planned to create, know that on some level you called it in because it is an up, is an opportunity to up level, to shed something, to expand into something new. Um, what I find when I step into that and remember that that's the truth, I am able to move through whatever's going on much more easily. And I look for, okay, what is it that I'm learning from this? What is it I need to work on or release within me to move up to the next level? So, uh, and I want to mention really quick here that there are levels to creatorship. That's what I'm going to call it. That's my mm-hmm. new word. Creatorship. <laughs> there are levels here. The baseline level is I am the creator. Mm-hmm. individual creation. Um, the next level is co-creation mm. where others or other forces, right? Other sentient, uh, other conscious life gets involved. Mm-hmm. There's group creation and then mass creation. Yes. And so what, you know, your sphere of control as, as you move through those levels of creation gets less and less. It starts, you know, because you're joining forces, if you will. So you have less control um, and it's about what you're joining forces with. And that's a whole nother topic there. But Mm. when you go into this idea of creation and then lack and leaving control out of it, it becomes about perspective. Mm. It becomes about how you are choosing to interpret the information coming in because that will inform the next moment of creation. Mm -hmm. And a great um, example of this is Dr. Viktor Frankl. He is famous for um, his experience of being in, I believe it was Auschwitz, right? He Mm -hmm. was in, uh, right. And 
he had actually created compassion, even though he was experiencing something really horrendous, something that, you know, you can't, I, I, I don't blame anybody who would be bitter or upset or reactive to that experience. It's pretty dramatic experience to go through. But this man was able to turn it around and have compassion. And when he did that, he claimed his own freedom. He claimed his own freedom because um, he realized that he could make the choice of how he was perceiving this experience. But the others, the people that were putting him through it, felt like they had zero choice in what they were participating in. And that's what set him free. But and you can see that even though this experience was happening to him because of a group or mass creation, he was able to change the perspective, which informed his next creation. It just made, it meant that he wasn't holding on to the resentment, to the frustration. And these are all the things that shackle everybody. It's the emotion that you attach to it. It's the meaning you attach to it that becomes the dead weights that you carry around with you. So the freedom is in not carrying any of that, in able to just see what's going on and say, thank you for that experience and then move on from it into whatever is next. That's the difference. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're constantly being offered small choices by group consciousness of what we'll participate in and what we won't. This is why, um, when we went through that big economic crash in 2008, some people still managed to thrive mm. in a basically shitty environment. And it was because on some level they chose not to co-create with it, right? Mm. Exactly. They're like, fuck that trend. I'm doing my <laughs> own thing. I'm doing my own. I'm going to be fine. So even though they were getting the stimulus and the outside world was saying, this is how it is, they maintained their ownership of being a creator and they say, but I'm creating this mm. and you can do this. I mean, this is something that we'll, we go into in the membership area, but you need to consider, you know, even though the outside world is offering a stimulus, are you accepting it? Or are you like, fuck that shit. I'm, mm. I'm making my own thing. The world is a better place. And this goes back to an older podcast that we did where it really is your perception is what you're going to experience. So how do you, how do you control that? Or how, how do you shape that? You have to choose it, right? You have to choose the fact that, yeah, I'm creating this. So I want to add in there that the one thing that we've, people struggle to feel like they've got the choice. Um, it comes down to the amount of subconscious crap you've got sitting around. So your beliefs, the, the amount of um, emotion you've got attached to whatever it is that's been stimulus in front of you. So while we say make the choice, we understand that it's not always an easy choice to make. And sometimes it actually seems like it's an impossible choice to make, but it is still a perception. It is still a choice. And if you've got any kind of tool that can help you to release your emotional stuff and rewire your, your subconscious programming, then it's going to get a lot, lot easier. So for me, I've done so much work that now I, the, when it comes to making the choice, I've still got to make the choice. Making the choice is a lot easier because A, I'm conscious about it, but B, I don't have as much emotional crap that's getting in the way. So there's, have a look, grab something, do something about it if you're feeling like you don't have the choice because you actually do. And then it's a choice <laughs> to get rid of all the crap. <laughs> it is a choice. It is a choice. Apparently the next density up is fourth density. Um, mm. And it, interestingly enough, these densities align to our chakra points. Mm. 
So we're in solar plexus, which is about power, which is why we're like, choose to be a creator because there's your power. Um, and when you move up to fourth, it's the density of the heart. And mm. contrast apparently in fourth density becomes even more obvious, which means mm. whatever you've chosen, be it positive, be it negative, it goes into contrast. So mm. you really start to feel the contrast of the choice that you made. So the, so the, the lesson here is make empowering choices and make a choice, <laughs> make a choice, make a choice. Make cho it's so much better to um, choose the soul path consciously, mm. choose it consciously. I mean, many people are waiting for it to show up. And the trick is it's not going to show up. You're making it. You got to choose. That's why I love one of the things that I say is life can either be magical or mundane mm. and you choose because as soon as you've chosen, you get proof of what you choose. That's just like what we had said before that your, your choice is like typing into Google, show me kittens and rainbows. So you type in kittens and rainbows and Google connects to the internet, which is the spirit consciousness. And guess what? It shows you kittens and rainbows. If you're like, oh, the life is fucked up. <laughs> guess what you'll see? Yeah. So let's not, You'll see you know, what you're like, looking for. Exactly. So you got to make the choices. Beautiful. So I just want to check in and see how people are. Oh, if you've got any comments or things you want to share. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking to check and make sure I've got connections still. So this is, it's kind of heavy, but it's very empowering. And we definitely want to see you all moving into that place of, of life is getting better and better because there are, there's proof for however you want to look at it. It all exists simultaneously, which is kind of a mind fucker, but there you go. <laughs> If anybody wants to ask us a question, now this is the fun part. So Rach and I are here to answer your questions with our psychic coaching, give you a little bit of woo-woo insights to what's, what is um, the burning question for you. And it doesn't have to be around our topic. So if you're not feeling this, if you have a different question, you can ask it. Now is the time. You can either ask by joining us on Facebook and hopefully people didn't get kicked off. You can ask us a question on, on Facebook or if you're in here with us live, and I know there's a few people who are, you can go ahead and ask us. Let's see, open that chat. You can ask us in chat or you can hit Q&A and ask us a question there. Yeah, well, what? so what's been coming up for you this week about Rach while we're waiting for questions? Mm, um, yeah, I, it was pointed out where... I was still stepping into the space of, um, you know, waiting for information to tell me what to do next. And it was reminded that you just decide what you want and step into and own the fact that you are a creator. Like when you do that, when you fully own that you are the creator of everything in your life, then you start making different decisions and, and different, uh, taking different action as opposed to waiting for some external force that is actually not existent. Uh, to tell you what you should be doing next. It's all internally driven. And then everything starts to orchestrate to help you to get where you want to go. So it was interesting that I, we talk about this stuff, but there were places in my life where I wasn't fully living it. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, got it. Now I'm moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. In fact, I spent 
a bit of time this week just answering the question, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? And allowing that to just pour through. So everybody can ask the same question. And I feel bad that everyone, so everyone on Facebook has been kicked off. Are you able to try and load it back up again? No, it's not an option on my computer. I'll have to post it later. I am recording it. Hopefully the recording works. <laughs> it's just been one of those days. Oh my God. <laughs> so we, we created that for a reason. We'll come back to that. We sure did. This was fun. So, okay. I think that what I'm going to do, Rach, and maybe if you want to do one too, I think that I will jump on the group live, mm -hmm. Facebook yep. live on the group right now mm -hmm. so I can answer some questions. And then if you want to do one too, yep. does that work? Yeah, I can do that. Let them know I'll right. join after you. I will. I will definitely do that. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to take this over to the kick-ass and sparkly ladypreneurs group so that we can <laughs> complete the circle of answering your questions and, um, and just take this and seeing how we created it somehow. <laughs> we're going to turn that perspective around that it's just giving us something new to work with. Just giving yeah. us something new to work with. Keeping, it, keeping us on our toes. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for uh, being a part of the conversation. And we will talk to you in Facebook shortly. Bye. Okay. Until next time, relax. We got this. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. To learn more about Rach and Therese and all of our awesome offerings, go to spirit4success.com or find us on Facebook. In fact, why not join our kick-ass and sparkly group, Kick-Ass and Sparkly Ladypreneurs Unite. Until next time, relax. We got this.